0: Welcome to Better Worlds, a podcast exploring geek culture across mediums. I'm Trevor. I'm Dustin.
1: And I'm Matthew.
0: I had a question that I was going to ask you. Ask away.
1: What was the question?
0: That's a great question. I hate it when that (laughs) happens. (laughs) Um, Okay, I have a a pressing piece of follow-up to ask you guys. How do you feel about our
2: de facto theme song from the last couple episodes? You mean the National Anthem of Funland? Yes. (laughs) I like it. Do you have any feelings, Matthew?
1: It is enjoyable.
2: I
0: know people were clamoring for music. I don't know if this is what they had in mind.
1: It's definitely what I had in mind. Now it's all they can think about.
2: (laughs) This is a better world. Uh, This is... Okay. That's what they think when they hear that music. I'm at a loss here. Especially all our Finnish listeners. All of them.
1: <laughs> there are dozens of them.
2: This is not an auspicious beginning, is it? <laughs> what do you mean auspicious? I.
1: You're mispronouncing that. Who? Me? No. Just it's the, the firefly joke. Oh.
2: Oh, I don't know that joke. I'm a bad fan. Nah, I don't know all the jokes. <laughs> He didn't get the reference. Expel him.
0: Do we need to just start again? I thought we (laughs) were doing fine.
1: (laughs) Shun the non Shun.
0: Okay, so I guess we'll stick with the music.
1: Hooray. Jokes are best in threes.
0: Uh, So you do consider the music a joke?
1: (laughs) I don't think we're going to use it for the rest of time. I will
0: make you pay for what you've done. What? The Finland segments. (laughs) I have the power to drop that theme song in as much as I want. (laughs) Keep it coming, man. I I don't have any... Sorry, what were you saying?
1: Who? (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Okay, the thing I was going to say is that generally the rule of three would state that you would make it three things that rounds out the joke and then you're done with it
0: it's called the rule of two and it's actually not about jokes it's about sith lords
1: the rule of three is a dramatic principle that you do it three times for fulfillment and funniness and if you do it more than that you're just begging the joke and it's not funny anymore and if you do it less than that it isn't as satisfying as you could do it with three times there
0: were three prequels but you are misremembering them and it is the rule of two or the right hand rule. What? <laughs> it's a physics joke. Oh, I thought you meant like the right-hand man or something. No,
2: no. No. I'm just thinking of other rules that we can throw into the discussion here. Did anyone have any real follow-up? I don't have any fun Finland follow-up this week. Thank goodness. I know. I'm I'm just messing everything up. I'm sorry, listeners. Um, do we want to talk about the new Netflix show or just Which new Netflix show? The Bill Nye one. If you got something to say, you can say it. Well, I started watching Bill Nye Saves the World and I've been a little bit disappointed. Um, I don't know about you guys. Have you, you how many episodes have you guys watched? I've watched 75% of the first episode.
1: I have watched zero.
2: Okay, I've watched two and a half. Um, and he kind of keep. Did you guys watch Bill Nye the Science Guy when you were kids? Yes, I saw it a little bit. He kind of keeps that same joke delivery and, and sense of humor that worked well in a kids show, but this is, as he states in the opening of the first one, directed to adults but he still does that same sense of humor and it doesn't land as well. There was at
0: least one point in the first episode that he kind of executed that delivery and it kind of, I think it fell flat and then he kind of like looked up and he was like, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh. like it's a joke. Like you're supposed to laugh. Like he
2: almost had to prompt the people into it. Yeah. And then they acknowledged it. Which leads me to another thing I don't like about it is that it's done in front of an audience. I, yeah, I didn't like that either. And it's not so much science education as it is dispelling misunderstandings of scientific topics. Um, so the episodes that I've watched were the first one about global warming, and then the second one about alternative medicine. That one was better than the first, I felt. I, I thought he seemed to be working trying too hard in the the first episode the second episode it flowed better oh no i've watched three and a half i also watched one on ai and that was meh um and i've started watching one on panspermia and life on other planets it's just i don't know wait bill Nye talking about panspermia yeah huh it's the fifth episode Okay. That, I'm surprised about that. What surprises you about it? The, I
0: mean that's like a isn't panspermia the idea that life on earth originated on another planet?
2: Yes. Well, that's transpermia. I don't know if that's different than panspermia. But he opened the the show with talking about evolution of life on earth and then saying how it got here. Was, it didn't, I don't know if he even said possibly, but he seemed to pre- be presenting it as fact that life came from Mars. <laughs> um, I thought that was more of a, like, crazy
0: theory realm of thinking. No, he seemed to be on board with that. I don't know. It, I thought it was the kind of thing you usually see on, like, the History
2: Channel. Like, Ancient Aliens? yeah.
1: I think since a biogenesis is one of the open-ended questions vexing biology at present, people will – just there isn't a good answer. If a, there's a good structure of how you got from inorganic things organizing to – I don't know. There's it's, it, There's more guesswork than people want there, so then I think some people will fill in blanks.
2: Yeah, but – transpermia or panspermia I don't, again i don't know i haven't watched all the way through the episode so i don't know if there's a distinction made in the show it just seems to be pushing the question off like if we say that life on earth came from microbes on mars that were ejected into the solar system from a meteorite then that just begs the question well where did life on Mars come from and it never actually answers anything. It just pushes it back down the road.
1: It's a first mover thing,
2: right? Christian thought has the idea of
0: God of the gaps thinking where basically some people, if they can't explain something, they just say, well, God did it. Um, and this almost seems like, uh, like a scientific or secular version of that. Like we can't explain it. So space, Like, rather than actually coming up with any sort of logic or reason to it,
1: in defense, I guess to play devil's advocate, I think they might be looking at it at like if you're adopting that, you might be looking at it and saying like the timescale in which we know life on Earth happens doesn't seem like it's long enough for what you need for everything to naturally happen. So they're assuming that I don't know. I I would think that 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 point wasn't made. Okay, maybe that's what he was getting at, because there's a lot—the lifespan of the Earth is not nearly as long as what we know the universe is, so— Right. But, I mean, I guess it would be similar to Mars, so I guess that doesn't even really help in this scenario. Right.
2: I mean, he was just saying Mars is smaller than Earth, so these processes probably happened before they happened on Earth— Like the ocean, uh, the surface cooling enough, water forming on the surface and atmosphere and such.
1: There is an early part of Earth's history called the Hadean because it was so hellish that it's (laughs) Hades-ian, which would not have been suitable for anything.
2: (laughs) Right. So yeah, that, I mean, that discussion, I mean, that idea in general is just kind of odd to me to be posited as a scientific theory because it doesn't like we've said before it doesn't actually answer anything it just places uh, it answers the question where life on earth came from but it doesn't answer the question where did life come from if that makes sense
1: I've just never heard it put forward as like yep this is what it's like I don't know <laughs> I've never heard it engaged with that much certainty Right,
2: which is why I was surprised by it being on the show. Another issue that I have with the show is the, I don't know, it's awfully hubristic in its choice of title. And um, yeah, he says it. Have we said the title yet? Bill Nye Saves the World. Yeah, I think we said that earlier. But he says that in the opening of the show's He's like, I'm here to save the world, or whatever. Okay, you're going to save the world from... What, I don't know, scientific misunderstandings? It doesn't make sense to me. I think the f- the second episode when he talked about alternative medicine was good because it was uh, telling people to think analytically about... Uh, the different things that they're seeing on TV or on the Internet, like if it says doctors don't want you to know about this, it's probably not real medicine and how dangerous these alternative medicines are because they don't have any regulations. And like homeopathy is, are these medicines are, they take something that actually does work but they dilute it to the point where it's basically just sugar water that you're taking. So it's a placebo. And I don't know. I think there's a lot of things out there that prey on gullible people and people who don't know what to look for or the questions to ask. And so I felt like that was a good episode.
0: I kind of see where he's coming from and I kind of feel for the guy. And I, I think this is part of his motivation for even doing another show is that he feels like he has spent so much of his life trying to educate people. And then he sees people just completely ignoring any sort of actual, um, objective reality in so many cases. And sometimes that can be quantifiably harmful. Like people think that vaccines are harmful in ways that they really aren't. And so they don't give vaccines and then measles comes back. There's an episode on that. Yeah. So I think he's trying to do some good, but it, it's tough not to just preach to the choir with stuff like that. I definitely got the sense in the one episode I did watch that first episode on global warming. It's like the people who were actually going to listen to him talk about this probably already agree with him. And even if people who disagree with him listen, they're probably going to be put off by the delivery. So it's it's kind of a incontrovertible problem.
1: I think you just described why some people won't, don't
0: want to go to church. <laughs> oh, boy. That was just a really big statement. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like we're opening up so many things that we could go on for hours. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh my, are we done with that? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, on a lighter note, I received a photograph in the feedback email of my nephew, Daniel, wearing a Spinosaurus t-shirt and it was wonderful. So there are Spinosaurus
2: fans out there. Hooray for dinosaurs. Of all kinds. And thank you, Daniel, for the feedback. Any other feedback?
1: Oh, wait. I had uh, something. Okay. Maybe not a feedback.
0: A something. Something for the pre show.
1: Oh, okay. Um, so I thought this was interesting. The average Finn consumes up to 25 pounds of coffee a year, which is a crazy. Are you really doing this? <laughs> I, mean-
2: <laughs> I remember this information now. Yeah, they they do drink a lot of coffee.
1: I just was surprised because I would not have pegged them for the world's, but not maybe the biggest <laughs> consumers of coffee, but just that large of coffee consumers. And that's per capita. Like that's okay. I I
0: interrupted. What did you say? Twenty five pounds of coffee. Yeah, that's oh man. I got to do some math. It's a lot of coffee.
1: So per an capita.
0: Av- I was going to say you're. Hey C what's fifteen grams times three hundred and sixty five in pounds? It's 12 kilograms, Trevor. I found Trevor.
1: something on the web about, what's well, 15 grams times 300.
0: She found something on the web. Good news, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> math is
1: hard. <laughs>
0: what did you say, Matthew? Did you have an actual answer?
1: Um, it's 12 kilograms, if you want it. I was doing rough conversion to pounds.
0: What's 12 kilograms?
1: It's about, about 25 pounds. Oh. I might actually be under. Um, it's,
2: did you do the rest of the math? That's the Well if you if we've got it in kilograms, Trevor, you do the math there. Divide twelve kilograms by point zero. I can do it. I just Okay.
0: Okay. So I only drink like probably five kilograms
2: in a year. I mean if I drink that every day, it would be like five and a half. That would last uh twelve kilograms would last you eight hundred days. What? You you how many grams of coffee do you have? I I, I drink 14 or 15. Yeah. So 12 divided by 0.015 is 800. So that, that would be 800 days of coffee for you. And they drink it in 365 days. Right. Okay. Yeah.
0: You were just taking a different approach. I was looking at how much coffee I drink in a year
2: compared to them.
1: Yeah. It was just different putting the conversion factors in and different. Right. So they drink like
0: three, not quite three times as much.
1: Yeah. Two point something times as much as you. Yeah.
0: If I actually drink it every day, which I don't.
1: But that's,
2: that's like an average per capita. So there'd be some people that drink no coffee and other people that drink a ton of coffee. Yep. So,
0: But we're talking like maybe three, four cups a day. I'm not a doctor, but that's too much.
1: It would make sense <laughs> that you would need someone, like especially when you get to the winter months and they're going to have near total darkness for a lot of it and they have to operate, that you need something to pick you up.
2: Mm, coffee
0: i guess that makes sense
2: does bill might take questions because we could like send him a question on this no i don't think so he's too cool for us or at least he thinks he is
1: also related to um coffee not so much finland um i think it dropped it was recently second but i think it recently it dropped to third in the past year or so. Vietnam is actually one of the top three coffee producers in the world, and I did not know that because I don't think I've ever encountered Vietnamese coffee.
0: Yeah, it must not be on the, the bags that are advertising their origin.
1: The number one was was Brazil, and you, everyone's seen Brazil. And um, the one that slipped into being two ahead of Vietnam was Colombia. Okay, where was Kenya? I didn't I was only concerned with where Vietnam was because that's the surprising one. I would I don't know the answer to that. I will we'll look up coffee production <laughs> and we'll get back to you on that. If we find the list, we'll put it in the show notes at
0: betterworlds.net slash podcast slash ten. Or we could just save it for next next recording. We'll just do a whole episode on which countries produce the most coffee. Yeah. We're not gonna do that, people, you can keep listening. <laughs>
2: Matthew, I want to say thank you for bringing in a Finland follow-up because I was failing in that and all of the feedback that we've gotten on the fun Finland follow-up has been super positive. So I'm glad to keep that going. You're obviously not considering my feedback. Yeah, your feedback doesn't count. (laughs) I mean, you're in the show. I'm talking about listener feedback. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Were you trying to find a way to argue with me? Yeah, I was.
0: <laughs> well, I think that covers follow-up for this week.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Notice how we, we keep saying week, even though we do these roughly fortnightly, sometimes on Tuesdays. I was thinking we should change the tagline of the show to sometimes on Tuesdays.
2: <laughs> or just like... Put it on the end of the tagline.
1: I feel like it's been Monday on occasion too.
2: I don't think that's ever happened. It's definitely never been any day other than Tuesday.
0: No, it's always on Tuesday. Um, shall we go on to the main topic?
1: What is our topic today, Trevor?
0: We are going to talk about the trailer teasers that came out for Thor: Ragnarok and Star Wars: The Last Jedi, which fans may know as Episode Eight, but. Disney will no longer acknowledge as such, I guess. Wait, seriously? Yeah, well I guess it's a place to start. Um they have they've dropped the episode numbers from <laughs> the promotion. Oh jeez. Yeah, so they use the episode numbers before they announce a title, basically. Cause everybody knows like it's episode eight. But then once they pick a title, and I think they did this for the Force Awakens as well. If you look at like posters and stuff, they don't say Star Wars Episode 7 The Force Awakens. They just say Star Wars The Force Awakens. Mm. And now Star Wars The Last Jedi. So it kind of makes sense, I guess, if they're worried about, you know, 15 years from now and we're still making these is it going to look ridiculous if we just have higher and higher roman numerals that very few people can actually read? The answer is yes. Um I guess I'm probably going to keep using the numbers anyway. And I imagine oh, a lot of other fans
2: will. Right. Yeah. I will too. But I I agree that once it gets to a certain point with Roman numerals, it's just silly. Yeah. Like the Super Bowls? Geez. They should have given up on that <laughs> long ago. Oh, yeah. For sure. People are having to do math every time. They're like, what? what Super Bowl is this?
0: And if they keep going with Roman numerals for the Star Wars movies, we're going to end up with this really weird pocket universe where – and I guess this will exist somewhere – but this pocket universe where the only people who are able to appreciate Star Wars are football fans. Mm. (laughs) Or ancient Romans. Them too. They can at least count. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I guess there's
1: probably still an even weirder pocket universe. Do they not teach Roman numerals in school? It sounds really – They do, but – The world uses Arabic numerals. But motion pictures, don't they still?
2: Yeah, that's the one place. I mean, you see it on, I don't know, do you see it on money anymore?
1: Illuminati confirmed. (laughs) Quick, somebody find
2: cash. It's an antiquated system that is not helpful. Or is it a more elegant system for a more civilized age? No, it's not a more elegant system because we can't even understand it.
1: I don't have a problem understanding it. Do you guys have problems understanding it?
2: You just look at a, a string of fifteen characters and tell can tell what <laughs> number that is just off the top of your head.
1: When when you're used to patterns in them indicating a certain value, yes.
2: <laughs> this is my favorite argument. So, so you don't have to do any addition or anything. I count out the places. You just look at it. You count out the places.
1: Like you have to. You can see like MCM. That's nine. That it, always going to translate to 19 in like the, I don't know. You just get used to reading it.
2: I don't know. (laughs) How many movies are you watching just to see the the (laughs) string of Roman numerals?
1: I've watched a lot of MST three K ones at this point.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So
0: you asked when you see 15 characters, can you parse that immediately? If I see a 15 character long, Number written in Arabic numerals, I have to like count out the places (laughs) to know what the number is. Unless there's, I mean, maybe not if there's commas in it. But if there's like, if there's like no commas,
2: like I'm gonna have to count those out. Oh right, yeah. But a 15 character Roman or Arabic numeral number is much larger than a 15 character Roman numeral. Yeah, that's like sit down with a notepad territory, right. And I just was pulling out a large number. I don't know. Or,
0: like, Google Roman to Arabic converter and, like, copy and paste it in and see what happens.
1: I don't think anyone's arguing that it's a better system, Dustin. Oh, I thought you were. Uh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> don't put words in my mouth. Okay. No, I'm...
2: I'm not trying to. I thought that's what you were arguing.
1: No, I think people use it because it's a it's, like nodding towards our classical heritage or some nonsense like that. And
2: what a (laughs) a Western centric viewpoint. (laughs) I'm not saying for you. I'm just saying like, if that's why we do it nodding to our antiquity,
0: I just want to throw out there. I, every once in a while I hear somebody say that the Muslim world has not contributed anything to science or math. Seriously. And every time I'm just like, do you read numbers?
1: If you want to be technical, they if they're if they know their stuff, they'll argue that and they'd be right that they, they the Arabs stole them from the Indians.
2: You're not helping. What about algebra? That's what I would go towards.
0: Yeah. What about algorithms?
1: I th- Again, these are better examples than the numbers. Yeah,
0: there are plenty. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm just saying okay. someone who knew That's what fair. they were. If someone could make an argument and then make the argument, it'd be an annoying situation to be in. So I'd...
0: Yeah. I, I move on to algebra and algorithms after that, but I start with Arabic numerals because I'm like, you realize, you know what those are called, right?
1: I would... If it's night, I would go out and point out one of the brighter stars and say, like, do you know what that star's name is? That is Al Tair. That is an Arabic name.
2: <laughs> and they'd be like, well, why do we care about that? <laughs> did you know that before playing Assassin's Creed? Yes, I did. And what did you say, Dustin? I was just making fun of the people. Okay. Because they wouldn't they wouldn't know why any star really matters to them. Yeah, that's probably true. Are you guys um in the know
0: about this solar eclipse that's coming? I know of it.
1: I already have the day requested off. When is it? Isn't it the August? I'm thinking seventeenth or twenty first. I'm
2: don't know. I was leaning twenty first. Okay. Well we'll Address that closer to the date, I guess. I just
0: suddenly had this fear that it was coming up within like a month, and I had yeah, twenty first. Is it crossing through St. Louis? It is. We are in the penumbra, I believe.
1: Oh, no, you just blew it.
2: What? <laughs>
1: we've been quiet. We've already mentioned
2: where we are. What did I blow? Well, we've already mentioned where you guys are. Oh, in previous episodes. I'll I'll just beep for a lot of random words in this episode. Yeah,
1: I've scoped out a park where the coverage is supposed to be a little more. Um, it's like an extra minute long, a little further west from here, which I plan on
2: using. I was thinking about driving.
0: Shall I cut out the city name and just leave in that we're in the penumbra and let people wonder? And then next week we'll start talking about like all the crab coming in this week or something.
1: I think it goes over Portland, Oregon.
2: And let people think we're like on the coast.
1: I don't know when crab season is. Yeah.
2: And I am going to drive south to... Like Cairo or something to see the longest duration point. So you guys both have this planned out, or maybe it's the most complete. Yeah,
1: I didn't know it was going over Cairo. Uh,
2: it's going over, over the very southern point. I'm assuming it's Cairo. Every map that I've seen has uh has the longest duration and the most complete points marked on the map, but you can't actually click to see where those points are in reality. (laughs) So I just have to estimate, and it looks like it's about Cairo. And for the listener who is not familiar with Southern Illinois geography, and you're thinking, why is he saying Cairo like Cairo? It's because that's how it's pronounced in Southern Illinois.
1: Because people in Southern Illinois aren't good at names for big cities. Like, not New Athens, it's New Athens. Well, and
2: I would argue that since, I mean, that is the proper pronunciation for that place since that's how they the locals pronounce
1: it. No, I'm just saying that where they, when they developed it, they specifically weren't trying to say it correctly. <laughs> right, yeah, okay. And it's the correct way to say that place name now because it's what locals would say. It's just right. noticeably not how anyone but a local would initially want to say it.
2: Right. And that area is called Little Egypt, so that's another reason why. Like, you see Memphis, Tennessee... That's part of the little Egypt area.
0: Mm-hmm. I was about to say I appreciated how you were both completely ignoring my elaborate plot to pretend we're on the East Coast. <laughs> after also saying we were in the Penumbra in order to focus on the celestial event. But then you both just started talking about all our surrounding geography.
2: So, <laughs> Sorry. You can, you can beep all that out, too.
1: The East Coast part of South Carolina. I really don't want to, like, confuse people into thinking we're in South Carolina. All
0: I said was something about a crab harvest. Yeah, that could be lots of places.
1: I don't know if crabs are really down in the... I mean, I guess they could be. I don't...
2: I should have said lobsters.
1: Again, I don't know what the the local... Alaskan cod. (laughs) I don't know what the local seafood of South Carolina would be. can't wait for the next gator harvest. (laughs) So, trailers. Okay, well... We kind of
0: started to talk about Star Wars a little bit, but um, (laughs) that didn't happen. So you guys want to start with Thor? Thor came out first, so I think we should talk Thor first. Sure. Let's do it. Uh, So yeah, we're going to talk about Ragnarok, and there will be spoilers for Thor and other Marvel movies and the trailer. If you don't like watching trailers for spoilers, this is probably a good time to stop listening. But I think that's just John Syracusa and very few other people. And you with the the previous Star Wars? Uh, we can talk about that when we get to the Star Wars section. I'll talk about
2: my prior attempts to avoid spoilers. I had already forgotten that we we're starting with Thor, not Star oh, Wars. <laughs> do you want to start with Star Wars? No, no, no. We'll start with Thor. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Thor. Okay. What did you guys think of the trailer for Ragnarok?
2: my reaction was primarily based on the people that I saw in it. Um, I got really excited when Ian Malcolm was on screen. (laughs) Um, and it took me a while to realize it was Galadriel, but, um, I'm, I'm glad that she is venturing out of the, uh, did she go to the West? It looks like she got the ring. Oh, yeah. Because she's breaking stuff. But yeah, but, she did go to the West. Okay, so she's left the West and gone to Asgard. It's interesting that the
0: um, – well, not strictly Middle-Earth, but the mythology of Middle-Earth and its surrounding cosmos, whatever, um, is to a large degree based on Norse mythology. <laughs> um,
2: but – also, has absolutely nothing to do with this. So, I don't really. Did we talk previously about how um, Tolkien based the Elvish language on Finnish? Yes, we did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's talk some more.
2: Yeah, I. I mean, Tolkien really liked uh, Norse mythology, so it makes sense. The connections between Middle Earth. And Norse mythology, not the whole Finland thing. Right. Well
0: our Earth would be Middle Earth.
2: And I believe that the West would be Asgard, wouldn't it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm I don't know much about Norse mythology. Matthew.
1: Um it would be Asgard's a different realm. It's not on Earth.
2: In the comics or Well, the West
0: is also not on Earth. On Middle the West is not Valinor is not Middle-earth. It is a different realm so to speak.
1: Okay, then sure.
0: This I mean this is a whole thing like <laughs> I don't know how much we want to go into this, but there was this there was like an island in between the two and at some point they sort of rebelled and there was this big event where Middle-earth kind of got wrapped up into a ball so in order to sail you actually do sail off the plane of the earth to go to the other realm. So anyway, that doesn't really have anything to do with Thor. (laughs) This is tangent week (laughs) at better worlds. Where were we?
2: We were talking about Galadriel and Ian Malcolm. Okay. So you were, you were excited to see them. I was, who was the other new person? The other new person. Yeah. There was another woman, uh, with the face paint
1: she's supposed to be Valkyrie okay
2: yeah but i just paid attention to the those two people
0: okay the thir- the third one i'm talking about is the one who
2: brings him to right yeah uh, that's the one Malcolm. with the face paint face paint apparently she's Valkyrie matthew is she a Valkyrie or is there a character named Valkyrie
1: there's a character named Valkyrie she has a sword called Dragon Fang
2: oh nice does she have theme music From Wagner?
1: Not to my knowledge. Um, And you both have met her. She was in Ultimate Alliance. Which Ultimate Alliance? The first one, when you went to Asgard and were there for several missions. Yeah. I remember her now. I think, actually, you retrieved Dragon Fang as a side quest or something like that. Oh, right, yeah. Um, No,
2: I don't actually remember.
1: I don't expect you to.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) It's been
1: a while. But, yeah, she... Actually, it's appropriate that she's in there because there was a team back in the 70s-ish called—they the. They were actually the original Defenders that was the most overpowered team ever because it had Doctor Strange and the Hulk and the Silver Surfer on it. And Valkyrie was one of the main members of that, too.
2: So she was the one that brought the team
1: down? No. She's pretty powerful.
2: She was also overpowered. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense. I just wasn't sure how that was connecting.
1: And when Thor, she gets used almost as like a Thor stand in on teams sometime because she's very, She's still very Asgardian has magical weapons is pretty impervious type thing.
2: Does she have her own comic line?
1: No, she's had like one shots here and there.
2: Hmm. So I, I kind
0: of need a rundown of these three new characters. Um, Galadriel. She has like a crazy hat. She shatters the hammer. I'm going to guess foe.
1: The crazy hats her original comic thing. Um Okay. She's Hella.
2: Sounds like a foe.
1: Hella is the
2: Matthew stop swearing.
1: H E L A. It's not a swear. <laughs> um she is the goddess of hell.
0: Matthew stop swearing.
1: H E L. Norse. <laughs> Deal with that. <it. laughs>
0: Okay, so she... Okay. Now, this Valkyrie lady, she sounds like she would generally be considered a friend. Am I misreading that? Nope. But she doesn't seem like a friend in the trailer.
1: I think they want it to look that way,
0: yes. So maybe a friendship that gets off to a rocky start?
1: It could be. Or like a secret ally or something. I don't know. Okay,
0: and what about Ian Malcolm? what's his deal? our favorite
2: chaotic mathematician. Is he the god of chaos in this?
1: I think he, I think he's the grandmaster, which is Please say yes. Oh, okay. Deeper into Marvel stuff than you want to. He's a guy who likes to play games. Let's just say that. Likes to move mortals about his ponds. The most dangerous games? Essentially, yeah. Okay. Is he like Caesar? No. The, he's part of a class of cosmic beings that are like the elders of the universe that is far deeper than you want, than you want to go, trust me. So is he like Q? Uh, yes and no. Like the guy who makes the pin detonators? More unique than Q because it's just more bound into the fabric of the cosmos than the QR.
2: Trevor, what was your question? It was a stupid joke. Oh, okay. I was... It was a James Bond thing. Oh. There's a person in James Bond that's named Q. Isn't there? Isn't that the
0: guy who makes all the gadgets?
2: I don't know. I don't watch those movies. I haven't either.
0: <laughs> I've seen a couple. Matthew, do you?
1: I have never seen a James Bond movie.
0: Okay. Well, just snip, snip, snip. <laughs> Let,
1: that'll just be one big, long... <laughs> bee.
0: <laughs> okay. No. Um... So, he <laughs> seems like a foe here.
1: He's usually a foe. Okay. He likes games. He likes using people as pieces in the games.
0: Okay. So, two pretty big-time foes, and then one who will probably end up being a friend at some point.
1: Hella is occasional is usually a foe, but occasionally they're on the same side. I don't think that's going to be the case in this movie. What do you think Loki's deal is? He likes throwing knives.
2: Oh yeah, he does throw knives. He does. I forgot that. I I just mean in the trailer. He likes throwing knives. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's like the only thing he does in the trailer.
2: Yeah, I, I...
1: He also has a hat.
2: He...
0: Is the hat any different than previous appearances?
1: I thought it looked similar.
0: I heard somebody say that it had a Loki, Agent of Asgard vibe to it but I don't really know what that means or if the observation was correct.
1: It wouldn't really be appropriate if it was correct. And I can't explain that. That's too long to of the explanation. Um, oh, that is actually a thing. Yeah. So you just don't want to answer any of my questions today. Uh, that no, the grandmasters thing the elder, the elders of the universe thing is something I think would be too much to explain and people can probably glean as much as they need to from the title. And, Loki agent of Asgard is like three or four story beats in more so than yes, I want to answer. <laughs> it would take a lot of ex- It's a younger, different version of Loki. That is not exactly the, they couldn't possibly get to that point. It,
2: is he okay. the one that starts the agents of shield? No. <laughs> is the L in shield Loki? No. <laughs> <laughs> Who
0: in Asgard has a name that starts with an S?
1: Um,
0: thor i'm trying to come up with a full acronym now oh what's the name of the guy the blind guy with the sword i don't know
1: oh heimdall that's the h
0: yeah that's the h there you go i'm already bored of this (laughs) let's not do it
1: (laughs) i grow bored of
0: this (laughs) i tire of this game
2: so um what did you guys think of the music and the 80s typography uh, okay, so I thought it was, just like, 70s typography and titles. 70s typography.
1: Oh, I was thinking it was 80s.
2: Okay. Um, well, let's start with that. We weren't alive for very long in the 80s and didn't make it in the 70s, so we could just be misreading it. I I was thinking 70s, but I don't know if that's accurate. You know, I think you're right. It's 70s.
0: It definitely has the vibe of being one of those things reminiscent of it, but also like far more smoothly executed than the actual examples that you see, (laughs) which is kind of, it's almost like a better version of whatever it's referencing. Yeah. Um, so when I saw that, I definitely got kind of a guardians of the galaxy vibe
2: cause they've already been doing that. Yeah. So why is that popping up here? Cause the, I mean, on the poster, it uses that same typography. Any thoughts, Matthew? Um, no. Okay.
0: Yeah, I was a little confused to see it on a Thor movie. I wondered if they're doing it partly to begin bringing things together for when Guardians of the Galaxy actually show up in the other Marvel properties for Infinity War. I might be reading too much into that. Maybe they just thought, hey, this will look cool. I'm sure there
2: will be some reason.
0: As for the song, I've certainly seen the Immigrant song in a lot of trailers. It was even in the live-action trailer for Destiny and plenty of other things besides.
2: This was perhaps the best trailer use of it that I've seen. What constitutes a good trailer use of it? The song, the feel fits the trailer, and the lyrics are applicable as well. I feel like... Hmm. Um, okay. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are that I feel like the music has more of an effect on setting the mood of the trailer than the visuals have on the mood of the music. I don't know. I thought that, um, I think that the music is picked to set the mood that they want you to feel when watching the video. And... As far as lyrics go, I got like the ice and snow. They have like the ice giants, but I didn't know that there was a whole lot else that fit in it. But I suck at listening to lyrics. So those are really the only lyrics that I remember from that song. Okay. It also talks about hammer of the gods, which of course is applicable to Thor.
0: So we come from the land of the ice and snow from the midnight sun where the hot springs flow Hammer of the gods will drive our ships to new land.
2: Oh, that's what it is? Hammer of the gods?
0: Yeah, hammer of the gods. So obviously that's applicable to Thor. And then drive our ships to new land. They actually, that line coincides with when they first show like the starships coming in or going out in the trailer. Mm. Because they, that part, it's, it's like right when they show him being caught in the net and like all these ships are coming in, like they're invading or scavenging or something. So it kind of helped the song helped tie in the Norse aspect with the sci-fi aspect. That's why I thought it was good. And then the song goes on to talk about Valhalla and stuff. So Hmm. fighting. And so it it seemed really applicable to Thor, perhaps even most applicable to this one. We don't know yet because we haven't seen the movie, but because it seems to focus more on the actual Thor mythology rather than him just being on earth like he has in the past movies. And then also going to new lands, even beyond Asgard that we haven't seen yet. So I thought it was a really good use of the song. Okay. But I mean, I'm open to discussion. Did you think that it seemed not so applicable or gratuitous or not fitting the feel or
1: anything?
2: Yes, but I have a, a general dislike for um, Thor. No. <laughs> I was going to say a, Led Zeppelin? No. good Goodness gracious. <laughs> I have a general dislike of having popular rock or pop or whatever songs playing in specific genres of movies. Okay. I'm opposed to it if it
0: isn't a really good fit. If it's, if they're doing it just to do it, then I'm not crazy about it. Right. But, um, and I was nervous about guardians of the galaxy at first because it didn't seem like there was a real clear reason, but even though the songs are, there's just kind of a whole bunch of different songs without like super tight tie-ins, you know, that it comes from his backstory. Right. And so it ends up being a really big part for that reason. Um, Another example is Logan. The trailer for that used Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt. And like it was almost like the song was made for the trailer. So even though it was a popular song, it just worked together so incredibly well that at the end of the trailer, I didn't know if I was looking forward to the movie or if I was just so impressed with, how well the song fit. And I was like, I, I really don't know if I'm looking forward to this movie or if I just really like this song in the trailer and the way they work together. And that to me says that the song worked really well. Um, It wasn't as strong of that feeling with Ragnarok and the immigrant song, but I did feel like it was a good fit.
2: Don't let my own thoughts silence yours though. No, I, well, I was going to say that, you have convinced me that it works with the, the trailer because I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know the, the lyrics um, and all that jazz, but it makes me dislike it less, I guess.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's kind of a
2: Viking song. I agreed with the, um, the take on Logan. I, I liked how that song worked in that trailer. Um, But generally speaking, I don't like it in sci-fi or superhero movies. And the other thought that I had was, generally speaking, if it's in the trailer, you don't necessarily see it in the movie itself. Uh, And Guardians of the Galaxy was an exception because all of those songs appeared in the, the movie.
0: How did you feel about sabotage in the Star Trek movie?
2: Not super... Yeah, it's, um, they made it as it's a song from ancient earth and in Star Trek beyond, there's a funny quip that whenever it's playing, uh, McCoy turns to Spock and says, is that classical music? And Spock says, I do believe it is. That literally (laughs)
0: exactly the same joke is in the destiny trailer when they use the immigrant song. Oh, really? They're about to, go into a place with a lot of enemies and they say, music, how about something classical? And they play the immigrant song.
2: Hmm. Well, Star Trek rips off of everything. So, (laughs) um, for
0: sabotage with Star Trek beyond, I thought it was fine in the trailer or in the movie, but the fact that it
2: was in both really bothered me. I didn't notice it in the trailer.
0: Right. Yeah. It was, it was in one of the trailers at least. And the stuff that I see online, it made quite a splash with that because people started putting sabotage over like every trailer. Mm. Um, the one that got shared the most was probably rogue one, which wasn't really a great fit because they weren't sabotaging. They were stealing information. Right. Um, (laughs) in Star Trek beyond they were actually sabotaging something, but then, they totally blew the joke by putting it in the trailer. So, right. Um, I don't think we'll have the same situation with Thor. I don't think there's any reason to think it'll
2: be in the movie with sabotage in the new star Trek movies. Uh, they have it pop up in the very first movie because in a flashback to James T Kirk's childhood, he's listening to that when he's doing something reckless. Okay. And it's implied that he likes that kind of music got it um so they're just alluding back to that facet of the movie however i'm pretty sure that the real reason it's in there is because jj abrams likes that music and yeah um so that's why
0: yeah and if that's the reason for it then it can certainly be weaker because they might be looking for reasons to put it in rather than saying you know this is like Too good a fit not to use it. You still with us, Matthew? Yes. What did you think of the music and the titles in the trailer?
1: I literally gave no thought to it whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: really funny to me for some reason. Um, One of my favorite things about this trailer is the fact that it opens with Thor falling down Like hanging in chains. And when I showed this to Betsy, as soon as he finished falling, or even as he was falling, she said, Wait, hold on. What is going on? How did he get here? Remind me what happened to him at the end. Like, where did he go at the end of Age of Ultron? How did we get here? What in the world is going on? And I paused it and we went over like everything that happened so far that we've seen in the movies even though I'd watched the trailer early in the day, I forgot that his first words in the trailer were, I know what you're thinking. How did this happen? (laughs) Well, it's a long story. So I I love the fact that they open it in such a way that draws that question and then totally acknowledge that the viewers might be
1: a bit confused. I think that's one of the things that almost is supposed to frame it as an eighties homage in the, what they're doing with some of the movie stuff because it's like the freeze frame, record scratch. Yep, that's me. I bet you're wondering how I got in this
0: situation. <laughs> yeah. Except instead of like somebody
2: tripping in the cafeteria, it's one of the greatest heroes. And, uh, anyway, yeah. That didn't work for me because it's a trailer. And I'm not expect- if If the movie started with that scene, then that would make sense for him to say that. But in a trailer, they just pull shots from throughout the movie and try to compile some kind of story like in the guardians of the galaxy trailers they never say i know what you're thinking how did we get to this pit where baby Groot now has a control for a nuclear weapon and i don't know it just that seemed a little bit forced
1: i think it's supposed to be comedic because the guy directing it is kind of a comedic director he did fly to the concord stuff There was a point where I did laugh
2: in this trailer.
1: Well, hold that thought.
2: I'm not going Um, to go any further.
0: I certainly don't think that that opening shot is going to be in the movie in exactly that form. I think that was for the trailer. They might show him in chains, but I don't think they'll have the same, how did I get
2: here kind of thing. Right. I'm just saying like, it didn't make sense for me, for the trailer, because no other trailer does that. And every trailer starts in a place where you, as the person viewing, could be asking, what's going on? Who is this? Why is he here? But in most of
0: those situations, it's not too hard to imagine how the story leads through that. But the way this one opened, I felt like it almost—the viewer almost felt like they were missing something. Like, wait a minute, is this where we're starting?
2: Yeah, I I didn't feel that way, and that's why— Okay. Yeah. Where did you laugh? Yes. Oh yeah. We know each other. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) I feel silly for asking now. (laughs) Yeah.
2: That is the line I do expect to be in the movie. Yeah. In at least some form. We're friends from work. That was the highlight for me in the trailer. Also, I don't know why I thought it was cool to see him with short hair. He looked good with short hair. I don't, yeah, I don't have anything else with that.
0: Do you have any anything else,
1: Matthew? Nope.
0: I feel like we haven't heard much from
2: you, and this is, like, your thing. I'd, I have a... Oh, go ahead. Oh, You go ahead and say it, and then I have a question.
0: He was finally about to say something. I didn't
1: have... I was just... <laughs> good. Go ahead, Dustin.
2: <laughs> so, um, in the comics, generally speaking, Thor has a helmet, correct? Yes. And he has not had a helmet in any of the movies up to this point, correct?
1: It would hide his pretty face.
2: Right. And so now in the Colosseum, he has a helmet that when he puts the chin strap down, has wings that are reminiscent of his helmet in the comics. I think that's interesting.
1: Yes. Like he had in the very beginning of the first Thor movie. Yeah. I mean, it's not the same helmet, but they're both
2: homages. Right. I just think that's interesting. So you literally had no thoughts
0: on this, Matthew? Uh,
1: it, did the it had the stuff in it that it was going to have in it? I don't know. <laughs> that's about it.
0: You, I mean, you're a big
2: Thor fan, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> have either of you guys seen the Lorraine skit from Mad TV? No. I don't
0: know what any of those words meant.
2: Okay. Well, Matthew just reminded me of that. Oh uh, yeah, you you know, and that's, yeah. So. Okay, so
0: Matthew, you are a fan of Thor there is another movie coming out. Are you excited for it?
1: Um the, the trailer didn't do anything to change my interest, but I knew who who was playing who going into it. So it just kind of like put all of the pieces on the board that I already knew were on the board.
0: Okay. Well, my second or my follow-up question was going to be did the trailer change your anticipation in any way? And you answered that. So you are Excited to some degree. The trailer had no effect on it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Is that. Yeah. I don't think trailers are made for someone who follows it closely.
0: Uh, okay. I don't know. I got more and more excited about the Indus game movie. The more trailers I saw.
2: And then, well,
1: um, I don't know. I won't finish that story. Cause it's <laughs> yeah.
2: Matthew. Are you, are you talking about someone who follows news of, The movie production.
1: Yeah, I've kind of had the thought that that takes anything. Like, the trailer would probably have been more interesting if I had not done that. Like, if I didn't see stuff.
0: (laughs) Right. So, like, you knew that all those
1: people had been cast and stuff? Yeah, there was nothing. There was no new information in the trailer for me.
2: Okay. Stop peeking at the presents before Christmas.
0: I'm going to ask Matthew one more question. Do you think that the hammer will actually get destroyed?
1: If it does, it'll get remade.
0: Just like Aragorn's sword. Reforged was hammer that, or something, <laughs> um, will be, I'm missing up my verbs. Um, yeah. Cause the reason I ask is age of Ultron. We saw Cap's shield smashed and everybody was like freaking out. And then we find out very earlier in the movie that it's not really a thing. It's just uh, like that was just a vision.
1: They probably will wait for Thanos to smash it. Oh, yeah. They're they're going to hmm. do that for emotional impact.
0: But they they already did it in this trailer, though.
1: And he's no longer Captain America. So if they do that, it'll be. a Oh, no,
0: no. You're talking about the shield.
1: It'll be a potent symbolism of if he has the shield, it'll be a potent symbolism of the last bit of his identity as Captain America being wiped out by this association with this and like or he'll just die. I don't know. They're definitely going to kill the vision. And I'm not happy about that. What? Spoilers,
2: man. He has the Infinity Stone in his forehead.
1: Thanos is going to show up and get all the Infinity Stones and become all-powerful for at least a portion of time.
2: Oh, so
0: that's why you're saying he's going to die?
1: He's going to rip out the thing that's animating the Vision in this version.
0: Maybe he'll be like... Have you guys seen Muppet Treasure Island? Yes. No. Do you remember that the bear has a person living in his finger? Yes. Maybe the Vision will live in Thanos's pinky finger in like manner.
2: That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard.
0: I don't think, I don't think you guys are appreciating my vision here. Your vision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I think we've talked to this one. Into the ground. Should we move on to star Wars?
2: Sure. This one will be a fast discussion. I'm sure.
0: Oh yeah. 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 Uh, so, um, there's a new star Wars movie coming out. Um, is this the one about Boba Fett? Uh, Boba Fett. Sure. Boba Fett. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: we kind of talked about the title already so we don't really need to spend time on that
2: <laughs> the last bounty hunter
0: <laughs> um okay um, do you guys have anything to say or am i just
2: going to be talking take it away trevor i have something to say about the opening okay i'm tired of those openings which openings the openings where the- <gasps> those yeah exactly yeah both of JJ Abrams movies have started with or the trailers for these movies have started with an establishing shot on something calm and then somebody pops into it and is desperate somehow (laughs) it's just like yeah okay kind of loses its impact yeah
1: maybe that's how JJ Abrams starts every day
0: Yeah, that first shot, of course, it raises the question, what are they freaking out about? And my first thought was that that was immediately after she meets Luke. And I was, so I started wondering, like, what's going on? Like, did he just like throw himself off the cliff immediately or something? (laughs) And Like all the fans are going to be furious and she's freaking out because he's dead or something. But uh, I got past that thought very quickly. Um oh, okay.
2: I was gonna say I I don't think that's what's going on. It, yeah, that was just like a brief like how stupid can they get with this kind of thought. Um
0: <laughs> I, I certainly don't think that he did that. Um not only because he shows up in other places in the trailer, but I also think that there's a good chance that shot is not anywhere near the beginning of the movie. It's probably later on in the training or something and she has a vision or whatever. Anyway, yeah. Gasping, people, at the beginnings of trailers, are something that J.J. Abrams seems to like. Although I, how is that really fair? He's not the director on this
2: one. I'm sure he has to approve something before it's. That's true. He's still the executive producer, right? Right. Okay.
0: Is this the one that Colin Trevorrow is doing?
1: That that's the next one. That's the, oh yeah, you're right. That's nine. Who's doing this one? Uh, what's Your Face?
2: Is it the Looper guy?
1: I thought it was a woman.
2: Well, Matthew just said what's her face, so it's not a her cuz people are mad. People were mad that it's not a her. Yeah, people are mad that none of the slated Star Wars movies
0: are female directors. Never mind the fact that a woman is the leading Lucasfilm.
1: Oh, never mind. I just was misreading the name as a woman's name all this time. Ryan Johnson. Uh, Ryan is R I A N.
2: Oh, I understand that. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um,
0: yeah. Anyway, um, the very, very beginning of the trailer, I thought we were looking at a star field and then it kind of fades in to show that it's like rocks. I guess that was probably on purpose. I, <laughs> I don't want to go shot by shot cause we've been talking about this part for several minutes already.
2: Um, did you guys have any overall impressions? Yeah. My next reaction watching the trailer was Finn's in this one. So you, you really don't like Finn. I just didn't care about him. And he's in a pod this time. Like <laughs> they're showing that he is injured. Woohoo. We saw that at the end of the last one. So status quo, he's still injured. Yeah. I'm hoping that that is just like the first shot that he's in and like never anymore. Yeah. And then Poe is running again. <laughs> With BB-8 still rolling along yeah. and explosions and all that. you got to have people
0: running in the trailer. Otherwise, we might think that it's not an action movie.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, the explosions definitely wouldn't give you that impression. Or the yeah. space battles between what are those B-wings and something? Um,
0: uh, They weren't with- – you're talking about the part in space? Yeah. <laughs> so I thought there was something <laughs> – What? <laughs>
1: Sorry, it's just like no it's the worst. I, I know exactly what you mean, but it's the worst clarifying thing for a Star Wars movie. <laughs> the the <part> in space.
2: <laughs> Are you talking about that it's part in like- space? <laughs> is, is the part in the galaxy far far away?
0: I remember before the prequels ever came out, every once in a while you'd run into somebody who would say, Oh, Star Wars. I saw I saw one of those. Which one? Uh the one with Princess Leia. <laughs> okay well there's there's three movies and they all have princess leia in them so
2: try again <laughs> they probably meant star wars episode four i just assumed that they had seen new a new hope
0: yeah um anyway i i was asking about the the battle i think dustin did in fact say space battle yes to begin with but the reason i asked for clarification is there's the the space battle in space there's two shots that have some sort of starfighter looking thing. Right. One of them is on the ground on that planet where there's like the red clouds of dust. That's not the part I'm talking about. I've seen people refer to those ships as baby B wings because they have the cockpit off to one side. Yeah. And so they have a little bit of a B wing vibe to them. The one in space, I did not see anything that I thought looked like a B wing. Really? Cause it had the wing underneath the cockpit. Yeah.
2: You're talking about the ones that looked sort of like a, like, medium freighter kind of size frigate? I did not see any anything behind it. So either it was just a shot of the cockpit of the frigate, or they were, like, the new version of B-Wings.
0: Okay, I can see... I think I see why you're calling them that now.
2: My impression is that they were almost, like,
0: smaller versions of, like, a Nebulon B-Frigate, but they... I can see B-Wing is almost a closer analogy, but they didn't seem to have quite that same
2: form factor. Well, and I'm not expecting any of these. I mean, they changed the form factor of the X-Wing slightly. So I'm expecting if they do have B-Wings, they're not going to look exactly like those from uh, Return of the Jedi. Sure,
0: but I guess my point is more directly that these things are shown alongside X-Wings and they're way bigger than the X-Wings.
2: Oh, are they? Okay.
0: So like a a B-wing is like slightly larger than an X-wing. These are like four times as big at least.
2: Those shots were pretty frenetic and I never paused them to see what was exactly going on. I had the good fortune
0: that I paused one time during that and just happened to catch the briefest glimpse of the single thing that has made me the happiest about this trailer. And that is there are definitely A-wings in that shot. Congratulations, Trevor. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I actually have slightly mixed feelings based on the fact that it's like 30 years later because if you think about A New Hope, you've got the X-Wings, which are very new, top-of-the-line, space superiority superiority fighters. And then you have the Y-Wings, which are these aging bombers from the clone wars. And they're kind of like being held together by the mechanics, but still serving alongside the X wings. And then in return of the Jedi, you've got the a wings, which are really sleek, fast, highly maneuverable, very new interceptors. And of course those have now been, their origin has been pushed back to like rebels era a couple of years before a new hope. But they're still very new, very sleek, very fast when we see them in the original trilogy. And now they are, if they're the same ships, they are in fact older in The Last Jedi than the Y-Wings were in A New Hope. So I'm kind of torn about that because it doesn't seem like you'd want your really fast, really maneuverable fighters to be that old. Like surely there'd be something faster and more maneuverable by then. So like, I can see, I can see that being fine for more lumbering kind of stuff, but the stuff that really moves fast like that, seems like the older stuff would kind of get
2: one-upped. We keep fighters in the air for a really long time. Like for instance, the, this isn't a fighter, it's a a bomber, but the B-52 was developed in the fifties and it's still flying today. But that's a bomber. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, and, and so I'm pulling up some other fighters. I just hadn't had that open yet. The F-16 Falcon is, was introduced in 1978, and they are still in... Oh, wait, no, they're produced from 73 to present, but it says on Wikipedia their introduction was August of 1978, and they're still in service. And that's been... Almost forty years now.
0: Yeah. But it I don't know enough about planes to draw a more apt comparison. If I if I could like look over some models and stuff, I feel like I could pull up a, a comparison that illustrates what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, I'm just saying like with modern fighters, they are able to make slight changes to the airframe to improve them and extend their usability. Okay.
0: Star Wars in general moves pretty fast with that sort of development. So just to, to draw a contrast with right now, I'm reading through the Imperial Ratch series, which is like ancillary mercy and its sequels or sorry. Mercy is the second one.
2: Um, justice is the first. Yeah. Justice is the first sword is the last. Yes. Are you going to give me spoilers? No. Okay. Um, the ships in that they,
0: uh, They only talk about big ships for the most part, but the ships are very old. Yeah. The justices are about millennia, like thousands of years old. Star Wars is the opposite. You have, um, in the force awakens, you have the star destroyers that are completely different new ships compared to the Imperial class star destroyers that were used during the galactic civil war in the original trilogy And those Imperial-class Star Destroyers are different than the Star Destroyers that were used in the Clone Wars. They have similarities, but they are, in fact, new ships every like 10 or 20 years. What about the TIE Fighters? The TIE Fighters, um, the development during the Clone Wars was extremely rapid because of the scale of the war, I think. So you end up with several things you've got like the, the little Jedi star fighters that I can't remember the name of the um, ether class. I think they are. And then you've got like V wings and you've got um the arc fighters. There's, there's so many different fighters in the clone wars and you kind of see them working around the idea of the tie fighter and the X wing and then kind of merging and like, converging and diverging in different ways. Um, so you don't have any, straight up TIE fighters in the Clone Wars. Those came later during more galactic civil war time period. And then there was kind of this burst of all these different types of TIE fighters. The TIE LN is the kind of standard TIE fighter that you see the most of, but there's also a lot of development happening with like, there's the TIE strikers that were used on the ground in, or not on the ground, but planet side in rogue one. You don't really see those in the rest of the, in the original trilogy because They're not having as many ground battles. And then uh, you've got Vader's advanced X-1, which was kind of ideas from that were developed into the interceptor that you see in Return of the Jedi. Uh, There was an answer to the X-Wing, but see that that's how fast the development is. There's the X-Wing that comes out and then the interceptors developed in response to that. And the old Canon idea beforehand, before the legend's, thing it used to be canon fact that the a-wing was developed in response to the interceptor so over just the course of a few years you have ships being developed in response to each other um, now the a-wing is kind of been made a little bit older and the b-wing is actually pre a new hope as well at least the prototype of it so i guess that kind of makes more sense because it probably takes a while to develop stuff like that i feel i i feel like i'm saying too much and dominating this conversation.
2: I was going to ask how the tie fighters differ from like in The Force Awakens. They don't seem that different.
0: Yeah, they <laughs> the
2: ask JJ Abrams, there's like there's very little difference. Uh I guess in that sense all, the plot doesn't seem that different either, so mm. that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um in The Force Awakens the one thing I can say that's different about the tie fighters is the one that Finn and Poe Steel is like a special forces TIE fighter. I don't remember the exact name of it. It's basically just like a TIE LN, except it has a red stripe, a gunner It has a second seat for a gunner and it has a red stripe and it's been painted black. But <laughs> the part I was going to mention was the second seat for the gunner because <laughs> most of the TIE fighters, well, not all of them, but the TIE LNs are one seaters. I mean, you've got bombers, you've got scouts, you've got all kinds of things that are two seaters, but the, the tile ends and the interceptors were both one seaters. Um, but that one that they steal conveniently has two seats. So I guess there was some innovation in the intervening years.
2: I just took that as a plot device. Yeah, I did too.
0: Anyway, we kind of went off on a tangent there about starfighter development. I felt like I was talking very fast and not letting anybody else talk
2: at the speed of a tie fighter
0: development. (laughs) So, now that I've ranted about fighters for however many minutes that was, um, the one thing that I'm most excited about with this trailer is the fact that it actually had new ships in it. Even though some of them kind of have nods to some older ships, we're not just seeing basic TIEs and X-Wings. Because, yes, there were a couple tweaks to the X-Wing design. Yes, they painted the TIE Fighters black, but no there weren't really any new ships in the force awakens. And when I see a star Wars movie, I want to see new ships and this movie is going to have new ships. So that is the most basic
2: requirement and it has been met. So would you say that if the movie is story-wise on par with the force awakens, you will be happier with this one because there are new ships? Yes, I will
0: still, I, I really hope they step up the story, but I will be happier, I guess. Uh, I guess it's not as simple to say because kind of the only thing holding the force awakens together for me is the hope that they will make the overall story arc more interesting. So if they don't do that, I guess that it, since it's the second one, I guess it would bode poorly enough that new ships might not be enough to buoy it up. I want you guys to say something. I don't want to be the only one talking here.
2: Matthew, what were your thoughts?
1: Um, I felt at parts like they were maybe trying to tonally set it to be kind of um, Empire Strikes Back-ish in that it's a little darker than the original, but it still felt very, like, too upbeat for that, at least based on this trailer.
2: Abrams would never try to rehash an old plot.
0: He's made thousands of movies and they've all been completely original.
1: Mm -hmm. Each more original than the last. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh, you know, I <laughs> now I'm thinking of his second Star Trek movie. And yeah, my hopes are buoy- buoyed by that. You're better at pronouncing that than I am. So, uh, why was Kylo Ren's mask crushed? Matthew, did you think that was Kylo Ren's mask?
1: I thought it was Darth Vader's.
2: I did too at first, but then it looked like the lines on above the eyepiece were Kylo Ren's.
1: It, you might, you're probably right, I didn't examine it that closely.
2: I'm assuming Trevor's going to tell me I'm wrong. I couldn't even tell it was a mask at first. <laughs> um, I later decided that it was a mask when I noticed Darth Vader's breathing. They had Darth Vader's breathing in there? Yeah. Um, Kylo Ren tries to sound like Darth Vader. He does. Yeah. So there were a few things that
0: were kind of audio bits more in the background that I wasn't able to hear until I listened on better headphones, but one of them is that there's breathing. Okay, so let me go back just a little bit. Luke asks, what do you see? And Ray answers, light. And it shows General Organa's back. And you can hear in the background, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then she says... Dark. she says darkness and it shows the crumpled mess that I couldn't tell at all what it was and you hear the breathing and you can hear um, I think it's old Obi-Wan saying the bit about um, his old apprentice going to the dark side I couldn't totally make it out but I think that's
2: what it was Hmm. so I'm inclined to think that it's Darth Vader's mess. I'm looking at it right now and Oh man, there are parts of it that look like Vader's helmet and there are parts that look like Ren's helmet and I can't decide which one it is. Maybe it's not something we've seen before. It might. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's got, it does have the eyes look like Vader uh, because they're more oval. Uh let me pull up a picture of Kylo Ren. That shouldn't be hard because he was on all of the marketing Literally all. Since he was the main character, you know. Yeah, so that's not... Oh, jeez. It's not his eye. It must be Vader's mask. The thing that I was seeing that made me think it was... I'm sorry, hold on. <coughs> the thing that I was seeing that made me think it was Kylo Ren's mask was... Or, or there are some metallic lines on it that look reminiscent of his mask and i don't think i've ever noticed on vader's uh so i can't explain that but the eyes don't look like kylo ren's helmet although let me pull up this other picture darth vader's mask is pretty um pretty burnt and crispy so it can't be that because it doesn't look like this picture at all that i'm going to the chat take a gander of that so what about this? Look at Vader's helmet on the pedestal. Yeah, it's like super crispy. It's it doesn't look anything like the the helmet in the trailer. No. So it's not Vader. It doesn't seem like it.
1: The helmet there looks like someone bored into it like cut pulled part of it off, removed Vader's brain and then put the piece they carved out a little bit
0: back in there. Yeah, it's got the top like cut off. I don't know why. Maybe just... No, I I don't know. That's really weird. It's not just like melted. It's definitely got like a slice off the
2: top. Yeah, it's just deformed from the fire, I think. I, and I think that, you know, if you're burning something, it could become more brittle. Yeah. So I just take it as showing its brittleness. Okay.
0: Um. So right after that, she says the balance... And then I think Luke says something like it's so much bigger. Yeah. What do you guys think about this whole concept of
2: balance and what exactly that means in the Star Wars universe? I'm thinking she sees the force and he's saying it's, it's bigger than the light and the dark side.
1: I would think Luke's probably looking at like, has applied himself to the whole history and still sees the whole balancing out of the Force happening through Anakin and reached what I would have thought was the obvious conclusion when they talked about balance to the Force when there were like 10,000 Jedi and two Sith. What's going to happen? Um, But maybe Luke's looking at that and thinking that the— has concluded that the whole system of Jedi and Sith is the imbalance and that, like, that needs to go away completely. Hence why he's been in hiding and abandoned his efforts to reconstruct the Jedi. And do you think that's why he says at the end it's time for the Jedi to end? That would be my assumption.
2: Dustin? I hadn't really given that much thought. Okay. Matthew, you're saying that the mere existence of Jedi and Sith is the imbalance.
1: I think he thinks there's too much baggage. So
2: just start new.
1: I don't even know if he's thinking institutional or not. I have no idea what he's thinking you do after that
2: would seem to fit with the times
1: what you do after that but i think it's clear he thinks that if you try to put the jedi back in you're putting in an inherently unbalancing force no pun intended some he's
2: looking for some non-denominational force users or to set up some house temples (laughs) uh i suppose so
0: when i remember when i was first watching the prequels and they talked about the prophecy of one who would bring balance to the force i had that same thought of there's 10,000 jedi to sith doesn't sound like the jedi would want balance because that would be bad news for them but i've come since then i've come to think that that's not what it means and i've come to think it's more like The Jedi are the disciples of balance, and the Sith are the disciples of chaos. And so if you have any Sith, they are the agents of chaos. And so if you eliminate the Sith, then you have balance. Because the dark is chaos, and the light is balance.
1: But maybe he views the Jedi existing as a thing that makes the Sith exist. Kind of like how Batman
2: in Gotham City brings about these... Costumed villains. That is actually exactly what I thought when Matthew said that. The Batman thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
0: I hey, I watched Batman Begins. <laughs> uh, that's an interesting thought. In one of the novels, Trusa Bakura, there is on the planet of Bakura, there are people who believe that there is an inherent balance to everything. And if one person becomes stronger in the force, then someone else must become weaker in the force. And this is well before the prequels came out, but these people do not like the Jedi because they think that they are essentially vampires taking what belongs to somebody else and causing other people to become weaker by making themselves stronger. So that's a, that's another idea of balance that, outside of that book. I've not heard anybody talk about that. Physics? No, this was more just like a (laughs) metaphysics. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, I, I presumed that you meant on a metaphysical level. Okay. Well, anyway, (laughs) um, anyway, that, that's like one, small group of people. I don't see any reason for that to be the basis of the entire Star Wars mythos. Um, the other thing that's from the novels is there's this idea of the unifying force. Most of the Jedi hold to the doctrine of the living force, but there are a few who are typically viewed as heretics who believe in the unifying force. And the unifying force is the doctrine that there is in fact no distinct split between the light side and the dark side. So for instance, in a lot of the star Wars games, depending on which skills you choose, your character gets set down the path to be a light side character or a dark side character. I remember watching a friend play a game one time and he selected the force choke skill. And he said, you know, I'm just going to do a little bit of force choke because it'll be fun, but I want to play the light side of this. And then he immediately had a cutscene where he killed his best friend and <laughs> Um, that's typically the view we see in Star Wars, where we say like force choke is dark and um, force lightning is dark. And if you do those things, then you're going to be a bad guy. But the unifying force says that it's in a more respectful way than this. It's not the tool. It's what you do with it. The force is not itself inherently good or bad. The force is more, unified than that. It's it's just one thing. So you don't have the idea that a force choke or force lightning is evil. It would just be how you're using it. So if you can use force lightning without drawing it from anger and hatred, you could actually use that for good without <laughs> necessarily being acting on the dark side. <laughs> um.
1: Sorry, when you just said not drawing it from anger and hatred, I just imagined, like, someone doing that and, like, electrocuting bunnies or something and being like, I love electrocuting bunnies.
0: <laughs> was that your only thought on that?
1: I don't know. What, what was the question? Just,
0: I just I'm just trying to talk about this stuff.
1: I mean, I guess they could go that way. That would seem to. Reflect a certain uh, cultural thought a uh, pattern within an American society, so I it wouldn't surprise me if it more or less shows up in Star Wars form, which in a way can be cipherish for the culture cipherish um a way to read culture
0: okay. Do you think it could be done in a way that was true to the mythos at hand, or would it be more just a reflection of the culture that is being told the story?
1: Um, Good stories do both.
0: But would this be doing both, or would it be doing just one?
1: Depends on if it's a good story. <laughs> okay.
0: <sighs> okay.
1: Part of the
2: problem for me is that after watching this trailer, my general reaction to it was apathy okay I I wasn't really excited by anything in the trailer um we see that Ray's gonna be training uh we see that Kylo Ren still hasn't fixed his lightsaber or tuned it (laughs) properly (laughs) I think he likes it that way well he needs a tune up it's Um, based
0: on an ancient design
2: okay from Malachor yes Old things are always better than new. There
0: have been great developments in lightsaber technology in the past thousands of years.
2: Use them. <laughs> right. So I did notice that it, something that stood out to me, I guess, was that in the scene of one, one of the establishing shots of the Island, one of like seven, um, we see Ray, I'm assuming, swinging her lightsaber about in practice and it's green. Oh, was it? It was green. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Maybe Luke wants his dad's lightsaber back and gives her his, or maybe she has to build her own to be a true Jedi. That would make sense. It's the usual thing. Yeah.
1: It's in Ireland. Lots of things are green.
2: This is true. That's not a galaxy far, far away. I can't see it well enough to see what color it is. Oh. Well, I remember watching <laughs> it and being surprised that it was green. Okay. For me, it's way too small to tell. Well. I've got top-of-the-line eyes. I do not.
1: <laughs> the very best eyes. You wouldn't believe.
2: Everyone tells me I have the best eyes. They're so presidential. I got mine out of the trunk of a car in a back alley. <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm rewatching it to to verify that my eyes were not deceiving me i do have something for you to look
0: forward to dustin okay are there dinosaurs I, you may have noticed this but the shot where they're on like the really dusty planet where you see the red plumes coming up behind the little fighter things that may or may not be b-wing like uh-huh uh when it cuts to a view from behind them, you can see they're moving towards a large group of
2: ATATs. ats Oh, boy. Or some sort of similar walker. I am now watching that part. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. They are. I had just, you know what? Watching that, I assumed it was new pod racing. <laughs> Every time I've seen it, I thought it was new pod racing until you... That
0: didn't even cross my mind, but... Now I'm disappointed in myself.
2: Yeah. Um but you're right, those are Walkers, and now I'm super stoked. This movie is gonna be the best. <laughs> <laughs> Automatically in the top four. <laughs> Spared no expense. Caveat.
0: If they're going to just keep remaking the original trilogy then that
2: would be the natural next step would be to do... Oh my goodness, you're you're right. Those are like the snow speeders, but they're over dust. They're dust speeders. <laughs> Please come up with a better name, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, watching the lightsaber again on my non-retina screen, I couldn't tell. It could have been blue. It could have been green. But when I watched on my... Retina screen, it seemed green t- to me. Okay. So,
0: I may be wrong. It may or may not mean something, which brings me to another point. Um, It's the very fact that we're, that
2: we or anybody is scrutinizing these trailers, especially the Star Wars trailer. Oh, but hey, she's running later and it's a blue lightsaber. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Different scene, though, so it still could be green. Um,
0: it's it's funny to me that anybody is scrutinizing the Star Wars trailer because in terms of, like, do these trailers actually portray things that happen in the movies? There's, there's not a good track record. Like, Rogue One had a ton of stuff that was in the trailers that wasn't in the movie. A lot of people think that's purely because of reshoots. A lot of times it was literally just because they made a shot just for the trailer without ever intending to put it in the movie. And then with the force awakens, it was the same thing. Like the first trailer, it opens with like, I'm nobody. And then Finn's got like the, I've got nothing to fight for thing. And like none of that stuff is actually in the movies. Um, but we analyzed it
2: or somebody somewhere, him popping up out of the sand and sweating a lot. That was there. That's when that he, was in, like after he crashes. Yeah.
0: That was like one of the few things that was in the movie. <laughs> Sorry. Were you saying it wasn't in the
2: movie? No, I was saying it was in the movie. They were consistent with that. Oh yeah, yeah. That's true. So I'm sure the Ray gasping for breath on the rock will be in there. Okay. Yeah. But in terms of like the finer points, like
0: um there was the part that appeared to be Leia handing we were guessing that it was Leia handing Ray the lightsaber again, not in the movie. Um, so (laughs) it's just, uh, Oh, there was the line, the force runs strong in my family. I have it. My sister has it. You have it. Maybe that means the Ray is related to them, or maybe the line isn't in the movie and it's only in the trailer and it's in no way canonical and we shouldn't get anything from it, you know? So, you know, maybe when he says, I know one truth, it's time for the Jedi to end. Maybe those lines don't actually go together and mean what they seem to mean, or maybe they're not even in the movie. So like to some extent, I wonder what the point of even watching the trailers is to other than to
2: get on the hype train, I guess
1: that's it's entirely
2: marketing. You're correct. Yeah. Full steam ahead. I, I, if they know what's good for them, they will leave those walkers in there. Just saying. Agreed. What was that weird uh, symbol on the book, Trevor? Uh, I've never seen that. Okay. Dustin is quoting much of the internet right now.
0: Um, yeah, I've seen people asking about that symbol as if they'd never seen it before. Because there's a part where like she opens a book, there's a symbol. Uh, people freak out. They talk about it online. It's it's the symbol of the Jedi Order. It's been seen a thousand times I remember seeing it on so many toys in the past, anytime it was associated with Jedi stuff. um, It's all throughout the Clone Wars series. It wasn't in the movies before, which I guess is why people are surprised by it. Um, But it's not really something new. It's not in and of itself an indication of a discovery of anything spectacular. It's just a symbol that's been in a ton of places before. It's kind of cool to see it in an actual movie now, but it's not really all that surprising in and of itself. It's like the, if anybody's wondering what we're talking about, it's when there's like paper maybe in a book and it's like a, almost like a lightsaber with like a star or something. Um, I don't know how to describe it.
2: That's a good description.
0: Yeah. It's also kind of reminiscent of the early, early star Wars posters that had Luke holding lightsaber up in the air. And there's like a bright point of light kind of glowing from like near the hilt. It's very reminiscent of that. Yeah. Um, one idea I saw somebody said is that if that is in fact a book, it may be the actual journal of the wills. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you if you thought that was what it was. That would be kind of cool if it was, I guess
2: this is the island has a temple on
0: it. Yeah. In a certain sense, I wouldn't want the book to be the journal of the wills. Cause that's almost like bringing too much of the mystery out into daylight. Um, the island does have a Jedi temple on it. I don't remember exactly what they said in the force awakens. Did they say that he was looking for the original Jedi temple? Or is that just something that has kind of been decided online by people?
1: They said something they said something to that effect. Okay.
0: Yeah, so there's this kind of assumption that it's either the first Jedi temple or a very very old one. Matthew, would you like to tell us anything about the actual site where that's filmed?
1: Um didn't we discuss this already in a- I talked about it on Twitter several weeks ago. Oh, I thought it was already in a podcast. Um no, I
0: I talked about it on Twitter on St. Patrick's Day. Because uh, Google, their doodle for the day, was of the site where this is filmed. And I kind of went on a little Twitter rant about it.
2: It was a good one.
1: Oh, yes. Um, It's a site in about as far west of Ireland as you can get to named Skellig Michael. It's actually a little bit, uh, two islands that are off of the mainland by a mile or two, it's so, I mean, you can see it if you're on the main coast of Ireland, but, um, yeah, it was actually a monastery for Christian monks back in the middle, I want to say middle age, but I guess it's, like, very early middle ages, like, six to 800-ish, maybe. Um, but for them, it was literally the edge of the world. Like, they didn't know anything was out in the ocean beyond those islands, and that was about as far as you could get out. So it's kind of appropriate that they're setting that there for Luke because he's kind of in the same thing, like as far away from civilization as he could get. Are there puffins? There are puffins if you go and visit. They're very friendly puffins that are comfortable with humans being there because, relatively speaking, there are very few humans that go there because you need to have boats that take you out there. There's also an island not too far from there called Puffin Island that's also
0: has puffins. I find the monastery itself fascinating because in these stories, which are framed kind of as mythology, there's this inclination to frame things as being almost impossibly old. so they talk about the Galactic Republic being. A thousand years old and the Sith have been extinct for a thousand years. But this monastery is actually older than most of the things that are framed as impossibly old in star Wars. And it's real. <laughs> so I just think that's really cool. And it was continuously occupied for centuries.
1: And uh, yeah, it required some support from at least getting like food from the mainland. Cause there's really nothing arable. There's not much anything you could—they're very small islands. <laughs> you couldn't really grow too much on there.
0: Yeah, and just in case anybody is unclear, we're talking about the island that Luke is on, the stone steps and the little like beehive structures. Those are the actual real-world monastery that they're using as the filming location.
1: In, uh, <clears throat> in real life, it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site that's protected— pretty heavily under international law.
0: So don't mess it up Lucasfilm
1: in a way. It's kind of sad that it'll probably
0: get even harder to visit because the traffic there is rightly limited, but there will probably be a lot more people that want to visit it because of the star Wars stuff. And so the people who want to visit it for the historical reasons will probably have a lot more competition.
1: Yeah. I visited before the force awakens came out, but after they had filmed it and they had it, there was a very small town right next to it. Um Or right next- the closest town to it is called Port McGee. And they had um little bits of stuff that had star Wars in them when I was there that confused me because I didn't know they had filmed part of the movie there. And they explained like, Oh, well we filmed part of the movie out on Skellig Michael. And I was like, Oh, that's cool it was a rambling story that really told you nothing. But anyway.
0: It's cool though. Dustin and I have heard it before, but the listeners have not necessarily heard it. Okay. I want to wrap up. With Are you guys okay with wrapping up? Yes. yes. Okay. Before we go, I just want to wrap up with a wrap final. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> a final thought from each of us. What are we, what is one thing we are hoping to see in, from either movie, you can pick either movie, Thor or Star Wars. What is one thing that you hope to see in one of these two movies? Imperial walkers. (laughs) Are you going to say that even though it's kind of confirmed or I guess it's not confirmed because we discussed that that stuff can change.
1: I want to see every Imperial walker being piloted by Finn. So it makes oh, Dustin. No. So- oh. <laughs> just, just to ruin Dustin's dream.
0: That would, Oh, that would, I did more just
1: to see how he, how he reacts. <laughs> just to see how he re-
0: <laughs> like, will he run screaming from the
2: theater? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, But I would probably cry a little. A tear would fall. Because I've already said that any Star Wars movie with walkers automatically gets to be in the top tier for me. I said that in the Rogue One episode. But this movie has Finn in it, and I don't know, maybe it will be better. Maybe I should just stop being so pessimistic. But he is such a boring character. <laughs> he is. He's okay, we haven't had our Force Awakens discussion okay. really yet yeah but so we should kind of off on that probably this, i guess
0: this no i mean no, sorry you can say what if mean oh, you okay. say so I just, i'm trying to rein myself in here I, I gotcha.
2: the whole through the whole movie we have this character and then in the last part he gets what i thought i thought he was killed by uh kylo ren in the last scene and my reaction was meh and you're not supposed to feel that way about a character who's been on screen for so long and who's clearly supposed to be one of the leads. I I just didn't really care that he had been killed. It was whatever. And then we found out he wasn't actually dead. So, <sighs> so Matthew, do you want to see him
0: somehow piloting every single one of those at the same time? Or
2: would he pilot them in series? He pilots like. them using the Force. Yes, <laughs> but he's not a Force user.
1: And then, and then Han appears to him as a Force ghost and tells him <laughs> that Force doesn't work like that. You know how
2: uh, in the Return of the or yeah, the Return of the King, Legolas is like riding on the back of one of the oliphants. Yeah, I'm imagining Finn with reins around the the Cannons. head of the ATAT <laughs> like. Riding and the lightsaber lifted up in the air and the wind blowing his too short to blow hair. And then Poe standing down on the ground yelling up, that still only counts as one. (laughs) No, Poe would just be running and BB-8 would be rolling next to him. Yeah. Uh, Peter Jackson's the last Jedi. Kill me now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it would be Legolas.
1: He wouldn't do it. There's no book source material that he can ruin.
0: We never touched on trailer avoidance, but we've, we've gone pretty long already. Um, suffice to say for now, when the force awakens was coming out, I watched the first teaser and then I watched the teaser for the next teaser they did. So they did, they did like a short teaser before the main trailer. And then they did when they were about to release the second teaser, they released a 15 second clip on Instagram. And I was like, Oh, I got to check this out. And they showed Finn activating a lightsaber. That was like all that the clip showed. And I got so mad because I did not want to know who was going to use the lightsaber. Cause I considered that a major spoiler. And of course it was misdirection, but I didn't know that at the time I got angry. I stopped watching trailers because I knew I was going to see the movie and I didn't want any more spoilers. And then I worked really, really hard to avoid spoilers for the entire time. And then an hour before I went to the theater, I was at a Christmas party, and somebody told me the biggest spoiler from the movie, and it was all for naught. So, I'm not trying as hard to avoid spoilers this time, because I feel like it's not possible. So I'm going to kind of just roll with watching the trailers for now, but also with the acknowledgement that everything we see might be misdirection, or not even in the movie, whether it's on purpose or just because they changed their mind. Um, so to answer the question, what is the one thing I want to see? Um, even though a lot of this may be misdirection, I'm going to consider the presence of new ships to be a given because they show up in more than one shot. So I'm going to take that one for granted, uh, fingers crossed, because that is the baseline for a decent Star Wars
2: movie. And I'm going to say what I really want to see is False. What? False. Walkers are the baseline for a decent Star Wars movie.
0: Well, no, no. Um new ships or vehicles <laughs> are the the baseline. Walkers are a very good thing. Okay. I'll take that. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not saying walkers aren't great. I'm just saying you can have a good Star Wars movie with new ships. If there's no new ships, then it's like what are you even doing? Um but then the walkers make it really good. Fair. Very fair. Okay. What I want to see that was hinted at in this trailer is more stuff about the destruction of Luke's New Jedi Temple that he had built. Because it shows us a shot with the temple burning, and he's there, like, in his hood with R2, much like we saw in the visions in The Force Awakens. And then, like, it shows probably the Knights of Rin coming in. And what I am really, really hoping is that this isn't just more vision stuff or flashbacks. Like I really want to see more concrete stuff about what happened. I don't want just hints and flashes. Gotcha.
1: He burned it down.
2: (laughs) I bet that's what happened.
1: Like (laughs) father, like son,
0: he burned it down for kicks. And then Kylo Ren got really upset and he's like,
2: what
1: are you doing? like,
0: and that's actually what happened. So Luke's actually the bad guy.
1: No, he tried to pull an Anakin, but then when he was killing off all the students, the Kylo and the Knights of Ren weren't going to have it because they didn't want to die. And that's what happened. Oh, you think Luke was killing all the younglings? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, plot twist. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
2: what about from Thor? What do you guys want to hope to see?
1: I'll go with the wacky prediction. It Since they're adapting... The World War Hulk, not World War Hulk, the Planet Hulk storyline, where Hulk goes and gets that armor and becomes a gladiator on a different planet. Um, that one ended with him ruling the planet and having a son. I hope we see that.
2: I'm going to go similar vein, different direction. I hope that Thor kicks Hulk's butt because I hate the Hulk. I'm
0: not a huge fan either, to be honest. Uh, it seems like it'll be
2: tough with No
0: Hammer, but. Yeah, that would be really interesting to see.
1: Do you want me to tell you what happened in the most recent thing where that happened? Where what? In, Can you like, be a comics? little more specific. Where what in, happened that where Thor fought the Hulk? Oh, okay. Like in a big throwdown. Sure. It's actually in a in an event where for various reasons the Hulk also obtained a mystical um Asgardian hammer and became superpowered. Is this Hulk that has any sense of intelligence when he's hulking or is it just the rage hulk that and he's got more he's like indwelt by as guardian power so okay. more so than he's not a rage hulk okay exactly so this is when they're trying to make hulk interesting he's yeah he he's more powerful than regular hulk they get ready to fight and um the <laughs> wait so hold on so they're the way
2: they make Hulk more interesting is they make him more powerful.
1: Um, they add like, a, I, this part's not, I, I'm just trying to set this up, Dustin. So I've asked oh, okay. right questions. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and right before or they fight, the Hulk says something to the effect of like, you never could beat me. And Thor just says, I know, smacks him clear into outer space. And that kind of ends the fight. <laughs> Huzzah.
2: I want to see that. I don't think that'll happen.
1: No one likes that event.
2: I don't either. Oh, well, I don't like the Hulk, so. What about you, Trevor? Uh, This one's tougher for me because I'm not
0: super knowledgeable about the Marvel stuff, and so I can usually just kind of sit back and be surprised by everything that I see in them. Um, That said, part of what I like about Thor is the humor in those movies, especially in the dark world. I felt like even the, the fight scene at the end, it's really dramatic and high stakes, but it's also probably the funniest climactic fight scene I've seen in any movie. Cause there's all this stuff with like the hammer, like going through portals and getting out of his control. And then he ends up like across town and has to take the subway back and stuff. And it's, I, I just think it's really well done and really funny, even though it's dramatic at the same time. Um, a lot of the humor in, first two Thor movies is from either his earth friends or from his displacement, like the fact that he doesn't really belong on earth. So I hope that this movie is as funny as the first two, even though he's not on earth. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Well, you can find us, online at betterworlds.net You can find the notes for this episode at betterworlds.net slash podcast slash 10 You can find us on Twitter at betterworldsnet or email us at feedback at betterworlds.net We also have a Slack group that you can join We don't have it set up yet for you to sign up yourself but if you email us at feedback at betterworlds.net and let us know that you want in. we'll send you an invite so that you can join in the conversation that's going on there we've got a few people and we kind of talk about various things both things on the show and just other stuff that we might not even talk about on the show but still want to talk about with people um i
2: think that covers it thanks for listening go then